Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. God is the master chess player of the universe. Without time, without restricted to space. He knows everything from the beginning to the end. He knew you were coming before you showed up. He blessed you in your mother's womb. He's ordered your steps. Sometimes the change. Sometimes you feel like a nut and sometimes you don't. It just happens. But when you say yes to Jesus, he presents you to the Father. And the Father has you positioned on his eternal chessboard. And what he's doing in your life right now is so very often preparing you for the move 10 years from now. And so whatever's going on now, as uncomfortable as it may seem, the best is yet to come. For the end of a thing is better than the beginning of a thing. And the Lord promised to see you through to the very end. He would never leave you. He would never forsake you. Those who endure till the end shall be saved. You know what that literally means? Those who hang on and don't fall off the wagon until the end, you're gonna, it's worth the ride. That's what a kind of uh, Gary paraphrase kind of thing means. But, uh, uh, well, today is an incredible day. Fifty years, a lifetime, a generation in the making, actually. And there are pastors all over the world, not just America, that are Uh, going to be sharing some of the same remarks that I'm going to be sharing here today. And uh, you would have to be living, uh, I don't know, you'd have to be living at the Grace Campground (laughs) (laughs) to not know what has happened this week. Uh, (laughs) Susan and I are temporarily staying at the Grace Campground. Amen. And we're thankful for it. It's it's been a blessing. Amen. Uh, Oh, by the way, just by known passing, and simply because several last, I, I don't to pr- pretend to think that, oh, everybody's interested, but uh, tomorrow we, we are scheduled to sign the oh final papers God. on our house and move in. Susan's like, I have Wi-Fi again, yay! <laughs> I've enjoyed the peace and quiet, I just think, but that's, that's a guy thing. But um, a few days ago, the justices of the Supreme Court, in a majority decision, um, turned the Roe v. Wade decision that was made 50 years ago uh, so that it is not a federally uh, guaranteed right for abortion in our country. Uh, it doesn't mean abortion has ended. It goes to the states now. And I'm not here to make, uh, this, this isn't a political message. I'm just stating the facts of what uh, the days are that we're living in. However, I am thankful. The, the prayers, I'm sure I'm probably way under, but the prayers of tens of millions of Christians have been answered. 50 years of prayers. How many, your 
familiar enough with the Old Testament to know what the 50-year cycle in the Old Testament is, the, the Jubilee cycle. I think, in a spiritual sense, in our nation, we're seeing that type of thing. Last week, I, I referenced Malachi 4, the very last verse in the last book of the Bible, where it says that uh, uh, before the great coming day of the Lord, the Lord is going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the, to the fathers. And um, I believe in a spiritual sense that's what happened this week in America. And, uh, you know, with, with the limited Wi-Fi access I was able to get this week, I did see comments of many of the church leaders, worldwide leaders, across every kind of denominational line you can imagine. And they're all saying somewhat the same thing. Miraculous. Culture shifting. Generational change. That's, uh, I don't know, maybe you saw Franklin Graham, Billy Graham's son, had a tremendous thanks, actually, for the former president and vice president, for selecting justices who had a moral compass that would honor life. And so I'm not talking about the decision directly, but some of the remarks I'm going to be making today, I believe that the sign that we're seeing right now of what's happening in our nation, we're seeing some of the things that I'm going to be talking about today. And um, I want you to take your Bibles <clears throat> And I want to, well, first we're going to go over to the, the Gospel of John, chapter 1. <laughs> Remember before when I was talking to you about the book of Proverbs and reading it every day? Uh, I believe that it would be greatly beneficial for every believer's health to at least several times a year read through the Gospel of John, however you choose to do that. Sometimes I will take about a month and read a chapter a day of John. Other times I'll sit down and read the entire book of John. Just one setting. Other times I'll read it in other versions. The Gospel of John, they're all wonderful, but uh, John is called the Synoptic Gospel. That is, he has a little bit different vantage point than the other three writers of the Gospels. And um, sometimes theologians don't know what to do with John. I think that's a good thing when theologians don't know what to do sometimes because the Word of God is great. As a matter of fact, say this with me. I love the Word of God. It's a lamp unto my feet. It's a guide unto my path. It's a book full of promises. Those promises are yes and amen to those who believe. I believe today what this book says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. And I am who it says I am. And I'll never, never, never be the same again. <laughs> because of this book. Anoint me to be a doer and not just a hearer today. Amen. I want to talk to you about seeing with the eyes of the Spirit. And I don't have a lot of time. As a matter of fact, I have very little time. <laughs> uh, because of communion. And, uh, uh, and we've got another group coming in. So uh, we'll probably continue on some of the thoughts uh, next week. Well, the Lord willing and all of that. But uh, I want to talk to you today about seeing with the eyes of the Spirit. So I'm not, going to take a, a, I'm not going to take any time to really talk to you about how that process is or what that process is. But I will tell you this. Is that... You have the capacity to see in the realm of the supernatural by virtue that when you became a Christian, uh, the Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit of heaven, the third person of the Godhead, now lives inside of you. Now, we're of the spirit-filled persuasion. We believe there's a second baptism where the, the, the gift of tongues and, and that kind of thing comes. But I believe when a person is born again that the Holy Spirit of heaven is, is come because Jesus said, out of your, what's the King James call it? Your belly, the very core of you, there becomes a, a source of water that flows out of you 
it doesn't, <clears throat> it doesn't mean that you were just dipped in it once and dried off. No, this thing is inside of you and it flows out of your, and it, it impacts every person that you will ever contact. And in all of that, I believe that we are given eyes that can see into the supernatural, see things as the Bereans in the Old Testament. They knew what day it was because the Spirit of God had anointed them to understand and discern the times that they lived in. And I believe that we are living in momentous times. I was so thrilled to be invited to a pastor's luncheon where several dozen pastors gathered in, uh, in our city this week and and it was a wonderful time of fellowship and getting to know and getting to be introduced to other pastors and other churches. And by the way, there's a wonderful, I mean, I'm sure that's just a tiny little piece of the pie of what's in Vancouver and, and this county. But um, uh, the, Lord, the Lord has, there are many here that have not bowed the knee. That's right. Amen. That's right. But kind of the consensus of this meeting of pastors and spiritual leaders for this area, for our state and indeed for the nation and the world, is that we have to have a revival. That is heaven sent and not man contrived, but something that God is sending, a fresh breath of the wind of heaven that comes and it, and it clears the decks, if you will, and it establishes, like Jesus said, every Christian should pray this way. You start out praying, giving praise to God, and then he said, Lord, we are believing that whatever happens in heaven, whatever your will is in heaven, that it come and happens here in this earth. We're believing for that's revival. In a few weeks, few months, whatever, I'll talk to you a bit about some vision stuff and all that. But just one of my, my basic concept non-negotiables of what my vision for my life and our life and, and, and for the church that the Lord would put us in is that we're believing God for unending revival. That is where the Spirit of God just comes and the river flows like a gushing, mighty, rushing wind of heaven. And it's Acts 2 that never gets to Acts 3. Okay, and I'm and just, you understand my heart. It's just, yeah. How many say, I think I'm up for that part. I'm ready for some of that. Well, over... In John chapter 1, I, I want to talk to you about seeing with the eyes of the Spirit. Now, I'm going to be talking to Christians today. If you're here today and you're a visitor and you haven't accepted Christ, you're in the right place. And before you leave this place this morning, you're going to have the chance, but it's going to be your decision. And I would recommend that you say yes to Jesus. But um, I want to talk to you about uh, not just looking at the 24 news cycle, not just seeing your life in the, in the parameters of, I, you know, I, I have a job to get the bread, to eat the bread and get the strength to have a job and that kind of thing. It's not just cycling through life. But the Lord has put us all here for a great purpose. And ultimately, that purpose has to do with extending his kingdom in the, in the world that we live in. But over in John chapter 1, verses 29 through 50, I'm not going to read all those verses right now, but in, in those 21 verses or whatever, at least 15 times, and if you take a couple of other times where it's used in a different tense, uh, at least 15 times in those 20 verses, uh, we, we see or hear or is documented where someone was seeing something in the eyes of the Spirit, with the eyes of the Spirit. They were seeing into the supernatural realm and not just into the natural realm. Powerful revival transformation takes place when a Christian sees with the eyes of the Spirit. So this morning I'm going to give you some, some, uh, some ideas, but I'm going to give you some avenues. I'm going to give you some lanes to look through to where you can see plainly or more clearly in the spirit realm what God is doing. And it will have an impact not only upon your life, but upon this church. And as it goes within the church and in the house of God, so it goes in the land. We are salt and light. Come on, somebody. Uh, the, 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 the non-believers aren't. They try to own that territory. But Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the, land, the light of the uh, uh, of the gospel, and it is our lamp that is put on the hill that people look to and say, that's how you should go, and that's how you should live. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. I'm salt and I'm light.
right? But in verse 29, we begin reading. This is John, um, John the Baptist's account. And, and so John had been baptizing. And so uh, now come to verse 29. It says, the next day John saw Jesus coming towards him. And said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me. For he was before me. I didn't know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw... John was a seer kind of guy, right? (laughs) I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained on him. And I did not know him. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Remember I was just talking about we, we all got baptized in the Holy Spirit? You know who did that? Jesus. Jesus is the baptizer. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I've seen and testified that this is the Son of God. And again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And these two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. I, I want to I wanna talk to you about some things, that, some things that you should expect to be seeing, some things you should actually be looking for with your spiritual eyes. And it's not just that uh, we live our life outside the church, and on Sunday morning we come, we have a couple hours together, and that's our Christian life. No, you're a Christian every day of the week. Come on. We are, we are the ambassadors of Christ every day of the week. Church is simply where we come, and we fellowship, we encourage, we pray, we give testimony. You know what the Lord did this week? And then we go out and do it all over again. We encourage each other. Uh, uh, church is kind of like the gas station, only it's not $6 a gallon here. It's free. Who whatsoever will come and, and you can, and you can get your tank filled. And, uh, uh, but this isn't, the church just isn't what we do as Christians. No, this is just the place where we, where we get tuned up and ready to go. And then we go back out. But church is where we come in and we hear what people are seeing. You need to be seeing some things. And the first thing that happened here in, in John's account of, of how uh, um, his interaction with, with the Messiah began and what was taking place, he, he, the first thing that took place is it says, the next day John saw Jesus coming towards him. One of the things that you need to be looking for and absolutely can see, the Spirit of God will anoint you to see this, but you have to say, God, I am going to open my eyes and look for this happening, is you need to see Jesus coming to you. It's easy sometimes to see that Jesus is blessing others or that Jesus is, is, is ministering to those that stand on the platform or sing in the microphone or whatever. But I want to tell you, Jesus come, he chose you. We did not choose him. And the remarkable thing is, is that he chose us while we were still lost in our sin, in our iniquity, in our lost estate. Jesus looked out and saw you and began to make his journey towards you. The, the journey that has resulted in you being here on this Sunday morning started somewhere probably quite a while ago where the Lord began to come and make his destination. You were the destination that he was going. He began to come towards you. And at some point, somewhere along the line, you came to your good senses to realize that's God coming and he's asking me to give my life to him. John saw Jesus coming towards him. The, the point I want to make is you need to get real personal about watching for what God's doing in your life. Uh, uh, Pastor Grace was talking about today about change. I just want to tell you, God is the only thing that doesn't change. Everything else does change. And we go through the seasons of life. We go through the ups and the downs. We go through the rejoicings and the crying. Read Ecclesiastes. We go through. That's common to everybody. But what is uncommon in that, in the middle of the journey of humanity, God said, I'm going to get down in the middle with them. I'm going to stand in the river with them. I'm going to walk the journey with them. And they're not going to have to do it alone. I don't care whether they go from the from the, the from the beauty of their youth to uh, the glory of the gray head, which I have these days. Uh, I'm going to be with them. The change 
change happened, but he's always there. And the part I want to bring to you today is that Jesus never stops coming towards you in your life. I wish I could say that, oh man, finally you get so much of God and you arrive at such a point that it's just glory from there on out. That's for the other side. This side, you you make your way one day at a time. You live it one moment at a time. You live it with your hand holding on to his hand. And sometimes he's dragging you. Sometimes he's carrying you. Sometimes he's asking to say, whoa, wait a minute. You're getting a little too far out there. But he keeps hold of you and he walks with you on your journey. You never get so spiritual where you don't need to see Jesus coming towards you. Matter of fact, let me ask you, how many needed Jesus to be near you this week in at least one thing? <laughs> I'm in good company. How many needed him in two things? Can I have three? Can I have, oh yeah, we, yeah, we, you know what I'm talking about. We just need Jesus, we need Jesus, the, the real supernatural people, the ones that say, Jesus, I need you every second of every day. I can't do it, not even a second without you, Lord. Come on, let's put our hands together and say, thank you, Jesus. I want more of you to come into my life. Personal visitation is what I'm talking about. His promise is, is that he would personally visit you through all the days of your life. It's not, just a little dabble do you, and that'll get you through the next 50 or 60 years. No, you're going to need a fresh touch every day. His mercies are new every generation. <laughs> no, you, yeah, uh, uh, you read Proverbs. His mercies are new every morning. I wake up most mornings and I say, thank you, God. I need a fresh batch of your mercy today. Whatever you're passing out today, Lord, I'm standing in line. And here's my cup. Fill it up. I need a fresh batch of that, Lord. I need more. Personal visitation. And so John saw Jesus coming his way. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, maybe you've walked away from the Lord. I'm telling you, by virtue of you being here today, the Lord is walking towards you right now. He's come to your life today. This is your day. The next thing is that uh, you uh, see in verse 32, I'm going to jump down there, and it says, And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and remain on him, Jesus. John was able to see with his spiritual eye, Holy Spirit activity. You need to be looking for the activity of the Holy Spirit going on in your life. And the Holy Spirit, I love him. I love him so much. He's, he's that person of God that, that, like I said, lives inside of us. But he's the one that he doesn't mind just getting right down in uh, with you and walking through the trenches. He doesn't mind if it's the middle of the night and you're crying your eyes out. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He's right there. He's full on duty saying, what do you need, daughter? What do you need, son? I'm right here for you right now. The Holy Spirit's activity is, the, is the, one of the things that you'll begin to see. And here's the remarkable thing about it is that sometimes you can see it better happening in other people than you can see it happening in you. For John was the greatest prophet that ever lived. That was Jesus' testimony of John. And yet, uh, John, I'm sure, knew that uh, of God's calling. I, I, he alludes to it here in these verses we were reading. But John was able to see Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit activity happening on Jesus. I don't know if anybody else was able to see it. I don't think they could, but maybe they did. But I do know this. John said, I beheld the Holy Spirit like a dove. And God told me, the Father told me, that whoever you see that dove landing on, he's the one. And he said, I don't know if John was looking at every, every, every teacher or every rabbi or every person that said they had something of God. I don't know what it was, but whenever he saw Jesus, he saw the dove and he said, that's the one. You know what? The Holy Spirit will give you the ability, that insight, if you will, to see him working in and on and through other people's lives. And so whenever you see that taking place, there's a couple things that you need to do. Number one, you need to pray the deepest, most radical. You've got to go to like 15 years of Bible college to pray this, to pray this prayer. And it's so complicated, you may have to write it down and pull out the scroll before you pray it. But when you see the Holy Spirit activity on somebody else, get ready to pray this prayer. And you say, don't do it physically because they may think that you're weird. But at least in the spirit, point at them and say, 
more. That's the prayer. More, Lord. Whatever you're doing on that one right now, maybe it's convicting them of sin. More, Lord. Lord, double it, what you're doing on that one right now. I sense the Spirit of God ministering. So, Susan and I, uh, uh, I think it was yesterday, it all blurs together when you're at the campground because it's so fast-paced. And... Uh, man, I'm, I'm about out of time, but uh, we, were, um, we, were with, we were with another Christian somehow. No? Am I just totally out, out to lunch? Anyway, after um, uh, there was a little couple there, and we have a dog, and they had a dog, and so there was the dog. Oh, we were at Starbucks. That's where it was. And uh, Pastor Jim was there, and we met his wife. Anyway, there was this other two ladies that had a dog, and she had a dog, and they kind of had the dog conversation. And my wife uses the dog for a tool of evangelism. Only dog people get that. Okay. Uh, but afterwards, we were walking in the car, and she said, Gary, I, I think I missed it. She said, when, uh, those two ladies, you were talking to the pastor there, those two ladies. She said, I felt I should have prayed for them. What she sensed was Holy Spirit activity. When you sense that, bless it. When you sense that, take that as your permission. You've been deputized at that moment to minister. You've been released at that moment to speak a good word. You've been released at that moment to jump in the stream. The waters are being troubled. You're witnessing God in action. You're one of his ambassadors. Don't stand back and say, wow, that I... No, right there, you have permission to get involved. Now, guess what? We all miss it. We all miss it. But what do you do? Say, Lord, do that again. And this time, haha, this time I'm going to... Because my wife very rarely misses it. I miss it quite a bit, but she doesn't. She jumps right in there. But when you witness Holy Spirit activity... It increases your understanding. You begin to see things into people's lives. The, the ministry of the prophetic is released. Sometimes God will give you word for them. Sometimes God will show you things. That's that Holy Spirit. How many know? That's what the church needs today. We don't need just more church services. We need more Holy Spirit activity where we are engaged with participating and partnering with God, both inside the church and outside the church. And that way, the whole community is happens in Book of Acts where it says they turn the world upside down. I'm going to tell you today, the world needs to be turned upside down all over again, and we are a part of that process. I'm going to give you one last little one, and then we'll wrap it up this morning. I'm running out of my time, but we'll pick it up there. I mean, just I'm, I'm at the age where I can get up and preach until you can't take it anymore. So I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the Holy Spirit activity will increase your understanding. When you see it, you have greater understanding. God's doing something. You know what I saw this morning in the Spirit? I saw it. During communion, we gave a little appeal, come down for prayer. I've never given anything like that in this church before. I didn't know if there'd be two or three, but both sides. I saw something in the spirit, Pastor Grace. Oh, oh, revival's coming. Come on, somebody. You say, I agree with you, preacher. Revival's coming. Hungry people, uh, desperate people. People believe in God for miracles. Revival's here. Revival's coming. It's only going to increase and increase. It increases your understanding. Now, uh, this I'm going to leave for you, and this is going to be your assignment for this week. This next one that you begin to see it with your supernatural eyes. Over in uh, verse 34, we go there. And so John saw the dove land on Jesus. He said, um, I didn't know him, but he knew me. Verse 35. And, um, and again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples and looking at Jesus... He said, behold, the Lamb of God. When you begin to see with your spiritual eyes, your testimony comes out of what you see. You see, a lot of times we think our testimony just comes out of what's happened to us. And that is true. 
I was, I was blind, but now I see. I was lost, but now I found. Yeah, I was an addict, but now I'm free. Yeah, I was this, but now I'm that. I was, I was bound for hell, but now I'm bound. That's the testimony. You know what the Bible says over in Revelation about? It says they overcame him, the devil, by two things. You know what they are? The blood of the lamb. That's what we remember today. The blood of the lamb and, oh, you know what? The word of their testimony. It didn't say the idea of their testimony. It said the word of their testimony. Here, we begin to see, where's the word of your testimony? Your testimony comes out of, out of what you see. And so, uh, they, in verse 34, John was looking and he said, and he was with a couple of his disciples and he saw Jesus and he, he testified, that's the Lamb of God right there. Your testimony comes out of what you see. And as, as that takes place, this is the point I want to leave with you and then we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, pray and, and transition in through here. Jesus becomes the topic of your testimony. Now, I've heard a lot of testimonies. I love testimonies. And testimony usually ends up something like this. I was blind, but now I see. And a little bit in there, yeah, and, and, and Jesus was the reason that I see. Here's what happens whenever you really begin to see with the eyes of the Spirit. It becomes big Jesus, little you. It becomes little I and big God. It becomes not just focused on your blindness. No, it comes on, he's the God who's over blindness. Uh, he's the God who's able to redeem. He's the God who can take in a moment's time and shut drug addiction off. And, 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 and now it doesn't have anything to do in my life anymore. And fill in the blanks. But your testimony comes out of what you see. And as you see Jesus working, Jesus becomes the topic of your testimony. And so as you release that testimony into other people's lives, it's not about, look what the Lord has done with me. But it's like, watch what the Lord will do with you. Because he's the same Jesus and he wants to do it in you and you bring it back to Jesus like John saw at the very beginning Jesus is coming towards you today's your day today's the day that the Lord has coming to your house today's the day Jesus is coming to visit you and the power of the testimony I believe when it's released into a community when a church gets a full revelation and grip of what that is and we begin to see the activity of Jesus in our lives and in others lives uh, that entire a whole city can be swept with revival. So I was at this preacher's meeting. I'm going to close with this the other day. And, uh, at the very end of the meeting, uh, Pastor Brian, uh, was, uh, leading us and, and the, and the heart cry was, we need revival in Vancouver and in Washington and in America. That was the essence of it. And so he brought out an article and it was about a pastor in, um, in Missouri somewhere. And there, and, and this pastor was sharing all the things that had begun to happen this year in his church. I mean, like hundreds have been saved. You know, hundreds have been healed and delivered and just going through. I mean, I'm, I'm reading that. We're all reading that. And then he had people start praying over that. By the time they were done praying, we're all saying, God, you can do it in Washington, just like you're doing it in Missouri. God, you can do it with a bunch like this, just like you did it, uh, you're doing it back there. God, you're able to come and work and move in miraculous ways on the West Coast, just like you are in the heartland of this country. God's no respecter. I want us to stand this morning. How many are willing and ready to say, Jesus, I want to see what you're doing and I want to bear witness to what you're doing and I want more of what you're doing in my life and I want to be a part of what you're doing in somebody else's life. Also, another part of my vision is that every believer fulfilling their potential and destiny that God has. on Your destiny is not to just fill a pew. Your destiny is to change people's lives. Because Jesus changed your lives, you become someone who now he'll use to change somebody else's life. Here's what I'm going to pray. I want you to lay your hands on your eyes. And let me pray this prayer over you right now. I believe there's an anointing here within this place that we can bind things and we can release things, that we can declare blessing. We're to bless and not curse.
Lord, I declare right now that the spiritual eyes of every man and woman in this auditorium would be open to see more clearly the activity of the supernatural realm in the day that we're living in. Lord, there's been a 50-year generational cultural shift that happened from really what would represent the fathers of our nation, those justices, the fathers and mothers. There are women on, women on that court as well. And Lord, we witnessed this week a tremendous shift. Oh, it's got the dark side just all worked up, but they're always worked up. Lord, we're rejoicing and praising God because there's something that shifted and a victory has been won. And so, Lord, I pray that we can see that not just in the terms of judicial operations or political outcome, but Lord, we can see that for what that really is in the supernatural realm. And that, Lord, we can understand, Lord, this is like an indicator that revival, something is changing in the land. It's taken a generation, but it's happened. And, Lord, we declare, Lord, that's just the beginning, Lord. We don't despise small beginnings. Come and add to it and do more and more and more. But, Lord, I pray right now that all of our eyes will be open to witness supernatural activity, Holy Ghost activity in the lives of people that we connect with this week. Lord, we can see it happening in our lives. And, Lord, we can also see it happening in other lives. And that, Lord, we would be instruments to throw the heaven, the gasoline of heaven on that by our love, by our enthusiasm, by our prayers, by our interaction. And, Lord, by using the power of invitation, I want you to come and see. That's what John was saying. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing some things. I want you to come and see what, what the Lord is showing me. Lord, I pray over Vancouver that it would be a city that would be engulfed in, in the revival of a day that is never seen before. Lord, a revival that would sweep through the city where every church would be full. Lord, where every preacher that's preaching the whole gospel, the full gospel, that there would be fruit and uh, an unmeasurable amount of fruit come out of it. That the word of the Lord would go forth and it would accomplish what it was sent to do. We say yes to that, Lord. Now say this over yourself. Holy Spirit, open my eyes today. I want to see what you're doing in my life, in my family, in my husband, in my wife, in my kids, in my grandkids, in my neighbors, in my boss, in my in my political representatives. I want to see what you're doing in the land that I live in, Lord. And I want to be right in the middle of it. I don't want to be a passive watcher. I want to be an active participant. That is a dangerous prayer because God will answer it. And he will draft you right today. I deputize you to be involved in kingdom activity this week. And everyone said, I signed up and I agree with it. Amen. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus, this is your moment. Here's the way I want to do it. I'm going to dismiss the group. And if you're ready to accept Christ, I'm going to stand here for a few moments. I want you to come and see me. And I'm going to talk with you and I'm going to pray with you. Or you're here this morning and you've, ne- and you've been away from God, but you're wanting to come back. I want you to come see me. And uh, it's that simple, but you're going to have to take the step. I'm not going to try and chase you down. I want you to come and talk to me, and we'll take it from there. God bless you all. Have a wonderful week. We love you. The blessing of the Lord follow you everywhere you go.